Hey, Nat. Hey, Beck. I have a new poem for you. Oh, yes. Don't ever stop bringing me poems, okay? Okay. Well, this one is called Knoxville, Tennessee by Nikki Giovanni. She starts the poem off saying, I always like summer best and then kind of goes sort of summery focus, like barbecue stuff and church sing songs. But then she ends it with these short lines and go to the mountains with your grandmother and go barefooted and be warm all the time. Not only when you go to bed and sleep. Hmm. Oh, that makes me nostalgic for grandma. Although I don't know that we ever went barefooted with her. <laughs> Probably not, actually. I don't think that we did. No, maybe. There were a couple beach runs. But anyway, we were little. But that's exactly it. That's what this whole summer series for this week is about. Nostalgia. Nostalgia and summer really work well together because I'm often moving, as you know, at a really quick pace and the heat of the summer slows me down. And so instead of being annoyed about being slowed down in the heat, I'm trying to sort of reframe it and look at myself as being given and gifted time to ponder things, like to remember things. And in the Giovanni poem, when she remembers her grandmother and then like associates the warmth of that grandma with falling asleep in bed that just made me have a memory recently of grandma when she was sort of nearing the ends of her life and all she wanted to eat were those grocery store <laughs> macadamia cookies. Oh, I, I would go over to their house and cut her nails. And <laughs> Do you not know? I went over to their house, right? I'd always be going over to like cut her nails or trim grandpa's ears because I was like their esthetician. And then they would always have these cookies on the go. But they weren't for grandpa. Those were fully for grandma. Yeah, I vaguely remember the box. Was it kind of a reddish box? Or the, or was that the shortbreads? No, that was shortbreads. You're right. That totally was the shortbreads, which I think were for grandpa. But I think grandma wanted hardcore sugar or something. So <laughs> these were in those plastic, oh, yeah. hard-to-open containers. <laughs> oh, that is a really warm memory. So is that really the first thing on our list then for our summer list here is that we are indulging in warm memories? I think so. Do you have any? I, I have lots. <laughs> Can you imagine if you don't, if you don't have any warm memories, that's, that's a whole other thing, right? Nat? Yeah, that might be another podcast episode, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, well, let's just stick with the warm memory. Yeah, the nostalgia, because actually, as I was preparing for this episode, I did have to go look up nostalgia to be like, it's, it's the lighter memories, right? That's what we're doing here. The light. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Wikipedia or wherever I found the definition reminded me that this is, this is happy, wistful. Um, so if I think yeah. about happy memories, something that came to mind actually after hanging out with a friend of ours that we've reconnected with because of this podcast, she was reminding me about 
When I lived in California, when and that's where Elsie was born, I had a blog that was like early blog days, and it was called The Girl Who Learned to Kneel. Um, no, I, I did. loved that blog. You did? <laughs> I, I wish I had stayed with yeah, that. Yeah, totally did. Um, the, the Girl Who Learned to Kneel. And, um, and apparently on the blog, I, I did a voice note or a voice recording for Elsie where I was singing a song about giving birth to her. So it was a song. So our friend Michelle reminded me of this song. It was something like, I gave birth to you, Elsie, and it was hard. Like it was kind of a, I, 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 like a twang. Think like country twang. I recorded this song about my birth experience. That, that's my, that's my weird warm memory. Cause who was that woman, that girl who did that? And, and wanted to sum up a birth experience in a silly song. Like it's so, what do you make of that, Matt? Whimsical. Yeah. It's like whimsy. It's something so, yeah, like light and sparkly and that's lovely. But I don't think I ever heard that song, Beck. So that's so interesting that our friend would remember that. I have to go off camera for a second to grab my phone because didn't she actually send us a clip herself? Yeah. Hold on. Because I have, okay, I have to pull this up. Yes, she, like that, yeah, that night she, I just pulled out my phone. I said, could you tell us something about nostalgia? Because she's, Michelle, are you out there? You're very good off the cuff speaker. Yeah, she is really good. And she gave us something kind of lovely here. So let's just, I'm going to press play and hopefully we'll get to hear it. Are you ready? If I. Here it comes. Back to 1999 and be less guarded, more open, more willing to have deep conversations and just be joyful. I wonder what that would have changed. But maybe the joy of getting older is that we're alive to get to ask ourselves those questions. You know, that we survived it. We survived the youth, the kind of blinders and guardedness that we put on. Maybe that's the joy of getting older. What do you think? The joy of getting older is that we can look back and remember. Yeah. I mean, I think, I I think... That's true. Yeah. It's funny because nostalgia is not, I, yeah, like I get it the most probably with my kids, looking at kids' photos and thinking about the kids and really aching in a good way, I think. So I don't, I don't, that's not exactly connected to Michelle's thing, but that's because actually what she's saying actually makes me go, I don't know if I look back with joy at how I've grown. I don't know. Do you? Yeah, when she said that, it felt very wise, and I've actually been pondering it for a while. Mm. I don't know that it was my own natural inclination. I I do think, and I've said it before on here, that I definitely look back on younger Natalie and feel very um, tender for her. So if that is nostalgia, I don't think that it is, though. So I think the sort of sparkly summary stuff that I'm thinking of right now is maybe different than my memories that I hold 
from back then of myself even. Mm. But I like that somebody else would sum it up that way. Yeah. And I think I need people like her in my life. <laughs> That's what I get from that. Is that <laughs> I would say, okay, um, nostalgia is, it's, it's not totally easy for me, but let's, let's jump to the second thing on our list, Nat, because let's. Okay. Okay. Well, number two on our nostalgia summer list is an herby infused olive oil. I learned this from, I was watching Instagram food videos because Frankie and I sometimes do that at night as we start to get ready to fall asleep. And uh, I, I really like this one Instagram chef named Sophia Rowe. Mm. And they uh, she had, she had some, a really neat recipe about heating up some garlic and herbs from the garden and a hot pepper, like one of your crazy habanero peppers from last summer. Mm. And then actually heating it up over medium low heat for like four to five minutes. So it's like super easy. That's all you're doing. But then you take it off the heat, add some salt, and then let it sit for at least 20 minutes. But she said preferably an hour. And then that's it. You drain it and then drizzle this infused oil over chopped fresh tomatoes. And that essentially was it. She added some sliced peach or strawberry. She did currants actually, but she said you could add slice peach or strawberry for a little sweetness. And then that's, you just dig in and it's supposed to be the perfect summer salad. And to me, the idea that I could make my own infused olive oil was phenomenal because I love tomatoes and that's just a way, like it just comes together so fast. So how is that not kind of like the nostalgic summery tastes of, of farm market food? <laughs> I loved it. Mm. Yeah, I that reminds me of that Italian place up the street from us, and they make a version of that. But if I could make my own, that's could be life changing for me. Not Simon's always like, let's go get the bruschetta. So he would, if he knew about this, we could eat this every day. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as your tomatoes keep growing at the farm, this is going to become our new thing. How would society look if we centered equity and social justice in everything we do? People ask me if I'm fighting for black excellence. I'm like, no, I'm fighting for black mediocrity. A mediocre white man can still easily provide for his family. On the As It Should Be podcast, folks doing just that discuss what it takes to recreate the world as it should be. The overturn of Roe v. Wade. This piece will fuel us creating our own structures that are not infected with white body supremacy, or it will break us apart. Find As It Should Be with Tamara Jones on asitshouldbepod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dum, 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 dum. Okay, number three on our nostalgia summer list, and I'm not kidding here, thinking of the farm, but really anybody's green space could make this happen for them, um, is weeding for 20 minutes while listening to a podcast. Obviously, we encourage people to use ours <laughs> as their listening material, but literally throwing on a timer and doing it for 20 minutes. Right, because you don't want to wreck your back. 
as mom has noted for herself that you have to be careful with weeding. So do it on a timer and just get into it, but then stretch. Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying that this is nostalgically inspired is because I think that when you weed, so when your time kind of is invested in kind of reaching down into the earth, you're thinking back on when things were just planted, like just starting. And now all of a sudden with the weeds, you're in the midst of all of this, I don't know, growth, right? So it's like being in an in-between place. I was just reading a book by this ethnographer from Australia named Aaron Jackson. And he said that this in-between space uh, emotionally is one that requires real attention, that things in the past and in the future are both potentially shifted because of the way that we react in the present. And I think weeds are the perfect sort of like physical metaphor for that idea. Yeah, because you really have to. Thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a big one. I have to think about that. But you do have to be there with the weed so you're, so it's, is it the idea of that? Don't be angry at the weed kind of just receive the weed. Yeah. I think one could be philosophical like that a little bit, but I think it's more like the actual act of weeding is its own doing. It's not just thinking of when I planted or what's going to come next, but that weeding is part of the process. Right. I was trying to encourage like mom was here and she was weeding so much and she was kind of she was being a bit negative about the weeding because it's like I'll never we'll never accomplish it all. Like the weeds will always just keep coming back. Yeah. So, yeah, like receiving them as just part of the process. I like that because mm-hmm. there's no other way you can't be you can't conquer them permanently. So they're part of the journey of gardening. No. Yeah. And then getting to be with the earth and be with your body and doing all of this kind of work that only happens for a season because of the fact that gardening only happens for a season. So I think there's some life altering, nostalgic kind of memory stuff buried in there. Right. Yes. Yes, Nat. Yes. You always cause me to go deeper um the other thing for me i wanted to add on this list and just to note that i was reading uh about writing and the teacher was commenting that nostalgia is very particular so you have to be careful when you try to use nostalgia in your writing because my nostalgic moments are different Mm -hmm. than yours so I, i found that interesting just that different things evoke different things in us so that it's not universal. But um, so it's very personal, but the general feeling of nostalgia, we understand. So I'm reading this book, Burnt Sugar, right now. Look, we're on video so I can hold it up. Burnt Sugar by Avni Doshi. Hope I said her name right. Shortlisted for the booker. And it's it's actually a very challenging book. Like the relationship is this mother and a daughter and the mother took her daughter to live with her in an ashram. Did I say that right? 
basically it was a cult mm -hmm. that she was living in. And so mm -hmm. it's painful for the daughter as she remembers it, but it's funny, like the character is so complicated and she's an artist and there's something about even this heavy book that is, it makes me think of maybe other books I've read that I have loved because I do like these complicated, darker characters. So it's just making me think that go search for your book this summer or something intangible that brings out a pleasant wistfulness in you that might be, and it might not even be something you can explain. Like, I don't know why this book, there's an element of nostalgia in it for me. It's weird. I can't explain it, but maybe there's just, just follow your instinct. So that's what my number four, my summer list is follow where your nostalgia wants to take you. Nat, what do you think? I really love that. I have a friend, one of our Patreon subscribers, actually, she was telling me the other day that the book that she's embarking on for this summer is from Clan of, it's that Clan of the Cave Bear series. I don't know if you ever read that mm -hmm. series when we were younger, but she's returned to it like somebody had sort of prompted her to think about it and I think it brought up feelings of nostalgia for sort of a time when one could lose oneself in a book because those books are long right like they you have to like invest in the time but there's also a lot to it like there are maps <laughs> I mean like you're in and I thought that was so fun that that was what the gift she was giving to herself of that time so we're, people are already ahead of us on this on this list Beck they've already found their summer book I love it Okay, so number five. Number five is candy in a plastic cup. That's something we buy from a store up here when we're trying to have a, a cheap treat. And it's kind of gross candy, but I kind of think the act of sharing this gross candy is we're creating a nostalgic moment as a family. So I don't know what that would be for other people. But I, my number five is candy in a plastic cup. No, I think that's totally nostalgic. I love that. We went to see Thor the other night, the first movie I think we've seen together as a little trio since what COVID happened. And we went to No Frills to get our candy because I refused to pay concession prices for gummies. And then we shared like kind of no name gummies they weren't even the real deal but they were so tasty because we're eating it in the theater together and we're kind of passing it across between the three of us in the row so there is something really nostalgic about the the candy as attached to the act which was the time together with the movie like i i remember mom getting really nostalgic about saltwater taffies and i think that they brought up feelings for her of like her summers in childhood. Mm. So mm. I think candy calls up major memories. Agreed. And saltwater taffy, that's a nostalgic one for me. Actually, that's if I just want to be simple, simple, simple saltwater taffy. If I have a handful of that, I would, that would, that could calm everything down and just go to that wistful, gentle place. Well, there you go, people. Five nostalgic 
things. You can see, you can see we do this, we do nostalgia so easily. <laughs> oh man. Only for this is hard. Only for you <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Not, I love you. I love you back. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey, Reframables. A little housekeeping. Don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast if you like what we're doing here on Reframables. Your feedback really supports this reframing project of ours. Also, please sign up for our weekly newsletter, which comes with a free, delicious recipe from Nat. And we have a new segment for our Patreon subscribers. Many episodes, which we call Life Hacks and Enhancers, are five best things in a week. So check us out over on our Patreon and consider a donation if these reframing conversations have supported you or someone you know. All the links are in our show notes. Love, Reframables. Dum, 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 dum,